Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fin side. It ain't the left side. Hello, and welcome to another episode of On the Fin Side. Here as we get ready for the Cincinnati Bengals-Miami Dolphins matchup on the NFL Network, you can follow us on the Fin Side on Facebook, on Twitter, on iTunes, and YouTube. And you can also tweet your questions with the hashtag FinsideQ, F-I-N-S-I-D-E-Q. And today, previewing the Miami Dolphins-Cincinnati Bengals matchup here on Thursday, we do have Rebecca Toback from Cincy Jungle giving us a perspective of, of the Bengals from the other sideline as we head into Thursday. Rebecca, how are you today? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. Thank you. And you can follow Rebecca and the rest of the Cincy Jungle crew on Twitter as well. So, uh, Rebecca, looking at the Bengals matchup here against the Dolphins, um, going back the last two weeks, the, the, they've had a couple of tough losses against uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers and against the Denver Broncos. Not a great offensive performance uh, by Andy, Andy Dalton and the rest of the crew. Do you attribute that to tough opponents, or are there some offensive struggles really going on with the Bengals? I would say it's a combination of both. I think, first of all, the Bengals lost to both the Steelers and the Broncos last year. So it's not all that surprising that, again, they lost to them within the first three weeks of this season. Um, I think we all knew that the Bengals had a really tough start to the year playing three teams that were in playoff contention all year, including the, the team that won the Super Bowl and the team that beat us in the playoffs. So I'm, I'm not really surprised that they lost to either the Steelers or the Broncos. Um, I do think that there have been a lot of issues on offense, uh, an inability to convert on third down, an inability to convert in the red zone. And a lot of that is also due to the Bengals missing Tyler Eifert, who's currently out with an ankle injury that was suffered in the Pro Bowl. They are hoping to get him back soon. I don't think it's going to be on Thursday. It's most likely going to be next Sunday in week five. So the Dolphins should uh, escape having to play him. But I think once he is back, a lot of what's wrong is going to be fixed. Um, he was their go-to red zone target last year. So not having him is a pretty big um, gap or hole for the Bengals to be able to fill in the early weeks of the season. But I also wouldn't put that much of the blame for what's happened in the last three weeks on Andy Dalton. Um, I think he's played just about as well as you can play in the situations he's been put into. So I think this week they're really going to have to come together on a short week and try and fix some of the problems we've seen so far. 
2013 draft, uh, Tyler Eifer was a first-round pick, and he was actually the one I wanted for the Dolphins at 12. We traded up for Deion Jordan instead. So uh, congratulations on Tyler Eifert up to this point. Obviously, it's a um, it's a big problem, um, him being out. It's a, it's a completely different wrinkle in there. The Bengals are getting, as you said, Vontae's perfect back from a three-game suspension. That that should create an impact as well. So looking at the rest of your injuries here, Rebecca, um, I understand that Drake Kirkpatrick and and backup safety Duran Smith did not practice today. Is um, any updated on them? There, both of them didn't practice the last two days, but I would be surprised if Kirkpatrick didn't play on Thursday. He did come back into the game on Sunday after he had um, suffered what they called at the time a calf injury. Now they're saying that it's a hamstring injury. I would be surprised if he didn't play, and I think that he will. Deron Smith, I'm not as sure on. He left the game and didn't come back. So it's not great to see that he hasn't practiced so far, but he is a, the backup. Um, but the Bengals only have one other backup other than him at safety. So um, it would put them into an interesting situation if he doesn't play on Thursday. Um, and then other than the two of them, there are a few other issues um, injury-wise. Um, uh, who the Some of the other defensive backs have been out this week. George Ioloka was limited on Monday, but he did practice today. And then Sean Williams has been limited both of the last few days. He's the other starting safety. So he really will need to play if um, Durant isn't going to go on Thursday. Let's get into a few of the position by position here. Looking at the running back group, I had a chance to watch the Bengals game last week. Jeremy Hill comes out in the first series, four carries for for 65 yards. Not much of a huge running game uh, after that. Uh, Looking at uh, Jeremy Hill and Giovanni Bernard, what can we expect out of the Bengals running game this week? I think that we can expect more of the positive stuff that we saw last week. So um, I think the Bengals are going to try and run the ball frequently throughout the game. They really committed to the run in the first half of last week's game against the Broncos, but not so much in the second half. So I think they, both of them will be a big part of the game. Bernard has been great um, acting as a pass catching running back and, Hill has really finally in the past week um, started to get back into his rookie form, which he had an incredible rookie season and then followed it up last year with a not-so-great sophomore slump. So I think he's definitely going to be trying to keep on track and move forward in a positive direction, and I'd expect to see a lot of the two of them on Thursday. Looking at the wide receiver position, obviously A.J. Green's Green is phenomenal. Uh, and uh, opposite him, you know, even though the Bengals have lost uh, Marvin Jones, Muhammad Sanu in the offseason, they uh, they've been replaced by Tyler Boyd and by Brandon LaFell and a slew of other receivers from the Bengals. Other than A.J. Green, because we know we have a tough matchup with him and Byron Maxwell, uh, what else can we expect in terms of weapons for Andy Dalton? So, so far, Tyler Boyd has been really a welcome surprise. I think his week two against the Steelers was kind of a – really great and really bad because he was the recipient of a fumble call that really shouldn't have been a fumble. That kind of has put people down on him in a way that, first of all, it wasn't a fumble, so no one should be down on him. Um, and then he also considerably lost snaps in week three, maybe because of it, maybe because of other things, but he went playing about 70% of snaps in weeks one and two to only playing less than 40 in week three. So um, there's questions as to whether that was because of the fumble or just a random thing that happened in the third game. But um, he should be a, a key person to watch because if he does well, the Bengals 
should do well. And if he doesn't, then there's questions as to who the next wide receiver is to step up, even though technically he is the number three and Brandon LaFell is the number two. And he's been great um, so far, but I think we need to see more of him to know how consistent he's going to be able to produce for the Bengals. So um, last week he didn't really do much of anything. So I think, especially on a short week, it should be interesting to see what they could do. Obviously, A.J. Green really is the primary person to be concerned about. Um, but I think if you forget about the other guys being there, that's how the Bengals could take advantage of the situation. Well, we're definitely concerned about A.J. Green. And it sounds like, and from what we've <laughs> seen, too, a lot of different parts are running around there as well. Looking at your offensive line, I mean, obviously, this is a group that Marvin Lewis has invested a lot in. You know, Kevin Zeitler at right guard, Clint Bowling got got a lot of money this past offseason or the one before, can't remember, at left guard. And you've got the ageless Andrew Whitworth at left tackle. Andre Smith was there for several years at right tackle, replaced this year by Cedric Agbui, who's going to be going up against Cameron Wake in a very pivotal matchup. So, Rebecca, how has Cedric Agbui looked so far uh, through three games? I think in weeks one and two, he was a little shaky, but in week three, he went up against Ron Miller, who's actually his former college teammate from Texas A&M, and he couldn't have really done any better than he did. It was actually Whitworth who allowed, I think, three sacks in the game, um, and what he didn't allow any. He did have, I think, six um, QB pressures that were credited against him, but he really did as well as you could do against potentially the, the best person um, who he's going to go up this year. So I think fans are a little more optimistic heading into this week, seeing what he did against um, Von Miller. But it's definitely, there are definitely some growing pains adding in a new starter to the offensive line. In week one, they allowed seven sacks to Andy Dalton, which was the most um, he's ever been sacked in one game in his career. So that was definitely alarming. He was sacked 12 times through 13 games in 2015, and he's already been sacked that many times through three games in 2016. (laughs) So they're not holding up as well as they did last year. Um, And there's some questions as to whether there's just communication issues or it is just adding a new starter in or what exactly is the cause of such a regression that we've seen so far. But um, I think that he's probably doing as well as you can expect for someone starting for the first time at right tackle. Absolutely. Looking at the defensive side of the ball over the last few years, we've come to, uh, from a, from afar, admire the Carlos Dunlops, the Geno Atkins of the Bengals defensive line. Should we expect still that same stout unit here in the Bengals-Dolphins matchup? The Bengals defensive line has maybe been a little bit of a letdown so far this year for fans. Um, I think that they've had four total sacks through three games, which um, is not at the pace that they were going at last year. So I know that they're trying to get back on track. Whether that will happen this week remains to be seen. Um, I think that also has some things to do with the starters all being the same this year as they were last year, but the rotational players and backups aren't the same. Um, So they lost Wallace Gilberry, and they've also had some injuries there already during the summer. So I think they're still trying to figure out exactly how the rotation is going to work and um, how often the starters need to be coming out and taking some snaps off. So, I think it's not as it's not as scary as it was last year to go up against them, but hopefully that will change this week, and um, maybe it, it will be the feared unit that they were so feared last last year. 
What is a what does Vontae's perfect really bring back to the Bengals defense that maybe they they didn't have in the first three games based on what you've seen out of him over the last few years? Yeah, I think he he just completely changes the entire dynamic of the defense. I think every player is just so excited to have him back on the field that they're all going to play better because he's there. He's without a doubt the leader of the defense. He's the one communicating with all of them while they're on the field and just the second that he gets on the field, do you see the difference? And I think that a lot of people have questioned how much of an impact he can have after not practicing with the team for the last three weeks. But last year he was actually injured coming into the season and didn't, he started the year on pup. Um, and then he practiced once fully. Um, and it really wasn't even a full practice. It was like a walkthrough type thing and came back and had two back-to-back um, tackles on the first two plays of the game, the first game that he was back for. So I think that that kind of thing just goes to show how impactful he is. And the second he's back, really the whole dynamic of the Bengals defense does change. And Vinny Ray has done a really fantastic job filling in in his place. I think he's PFF's number two rated linebacker right now. So it just goes to show how great of a replacement they have for perfect when he's out and their backup is still one of the highest rated um, linebackers right now but at the same time now he can play rotationally and Burfitt can come in and really lead the defense like we know he's going to so I think everyone in Cincinnati is really excited to have Burfitt back on the field this week. Looking at uh, the rest of the Bengals linebacker group the uh, Dolphins fans are going to see a familiar face in Carlos Dansby uh, a player that for some reason our, our front office thought it was a good idea to get rid of and give a whole bunch of money to Denell Ellerby and Philip Wheeler instead of keeping he's a little bit <laughs> longer in the tooth now than he was in Miami but so far how is he how's he doing in Cincinnati I think he's doing really well I mean he's definitely not as fast as he used to be but I think he's doing well enough that he should be starting and should be playing the amount of snaps that they're giving him which is quite a lot he's filled the hole very well as a leader on the team with perfect out and now I'm really looking forward to seeing what the two of them could do together um, he was actually involved last week in a play that really should have been an interception, but him and Maluga kind of collided on the field and then the interception was dropped. So if he got that, that actually would have put him into the 40-20 club of players to have had 40 quarterbacks and 20 interceptions. So he's still waiting on that one interception to join the club and maybe he'll wow. get that against his former team on Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jamar Taylor for the Dolphins, uh, or excuse me, for the Browns, I was with the Dolphins for three years and then and the first pass in our new stadium uh, was an interception by Jamar Taylor, his first career interception. So it's looking pretty promising uh, <laughs> of that happening, too. <laughs> looking at your quarterback spot, too. Obviously, a few big plays given up last week to Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders by cornerbacks Drake Kirkpatrick and Adam Jones. So uh, how, how do you assess your cornerback play so far? Was it just, hey, Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas are great players, or is there some, some concern at that spot? Um, I think it's kind of a combination. For Drake Kirkpatrick, I'm not concerned. I think that he's had a really great year. He wasn't responsible for any of those big passes last week. The 55-yard touchdown to Demarius Thomas was actually the result of Adam Jones getting hurt on the prior play and Chris Lewis-Harris, who's essentially like the fifth cornerback on the roster, um, coming in for a snap and letting up that touchdown. So I think when you take away that, it like makes the whole game a little less impressive, and that was largely his fault. Um, but other than that, I think Kirkpatrick's been playing really great. He's needed to have a great year, and I think so far he's living up to that expectation. Um, for Jones, it was probably his worst game of the last two years, and it was a very strange thing to see. We really haven't seen Adam Jones let up any 
touchdowns or big passes over the last two years. Last year, he was responsible for in coverage for one touchdown the entire year, and that was to DeAndre Hopkins. So he had a really standout 2015 season, made the Pro Bowl for the first time. And now this year, he was playing pretty well in weeks one and two, but last week was definitely an off week for him. And I think he's the kind of player who's very emotionally driven. And I think most people who watch him would agree with that. So I do no expect him to bounce back this week. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I would be surprised <laughs> to see him have another game like he had on Sunday against the Dolphins on Thursday. Rebecca, you kind of touched on, on the secondary just now. One thing I've heard a lot of reports about is a name Dolphins fans will be very familiar with in, in Kevin Coyle coaching the defensive backs up there in Cincinnati. And there being a lot of rumblings coming out of the locker room surrounding not just the, the scheme aspects he's trying to teach the players, but basic fundamental techniques. What have you heard in regards to the issues that they're having with Kevin Coyle in the way that it seems to be boiling over in a way if, if we're hearing about it? Yeah, I think I'm not really sure about the validity of that report. Um, I know that today both Marvin Lewis and Drake or Patrick both denied that anything of that sort existed. Um, I think the original report said that players were upset with Coyle's techniques and instructions um, and that one player believes he's not coaching them to win. Um, I just, I don't really, I, I find it interesting that a Miami reporter found this report on the week that we're playing the Dolphins. Um, that's not to say it's not true, but I, I personally don't think it's true. Um, and today Kirkpatrick came out and said, he pushes you, but I'm fine with it. I probably haven't been pushed like this since college and it's good. I think the report is a bunch of nonsense. So um, I well, think, it's from a Miami reporter. Denying that, that this report is accurate. <laughs> right, right. It's so, probably, especially um, if yeah, it's from, I, especially if it's Yeah. Um, so I think I think it's safe to say that we can bury this report. I mean, it, it doesn't seem to be an accurate story of what's going on in in the Bengals locker room. Rebecca Toback joining us from Cincy Jungle. You can follow them on Twitter and on their website as well. So, Rebecca, taking a look at from the other sideline at this matchup, what are some things that you think the Bengals have to do to win this game? I think that the wide receivers are going to need to play better than they did in week three. And the same goes for the cornerbacks. We can't be letting up 55-yard touchdowns and 45-yard touchdowns, which also to – to non-key players. So the last two weeks, we've seen really random guys who most fans have never heard of come out of the woodwork to score touchdowns against the Bengals, which is um, which is something that can't happen. So we can't see a number three tight end make his first touchdown against us. Um, and we can't see someone who has like two yards in their career get a touchdown against us. So I think in those ways, the defense is going to need to step up. And then also, I think it, a lot of it goes back to the defensive line. And last year, I think a big part of the reason that the defense was so good was because the defensive line made everyone look better. So this week, it would be good to see them get back on track and get some sacks and make it look like they're the scary and threatening defense that I think Bengals fans want them to be. Um, so I think those are going to be two really key things. And hopefully some of the defensive backs who are hurt right now and not practicing yet this week will somehow get better in the next uh, 24 to 48 hours. Well, you've given a great analysis here of the Bengals from the other sideline. Uh, what questions may you have for us, if any, heading into this matchup? 
Who do you think is uh, a player that Bengals fans don't know and need to be scared about? You know, uh, to me, one big matchup is is Kenny Stills on the outside. Um, you know, I, I think Pac-Man Jones, or excuse me, Adam Jones, and Jarvis Landry in terms of body type, in terms of their ability to go to line up outside, go in the slot, they're a good matchup together. Um, and Devontae Parker and Drake Kirkpatrick, very similar body types as well. But Kenny Stills, yeah. uh, if you throw him in the mix, he has the ability to get deep. And even though he was a disaster in week one, uh, he started to come on more lately. Six catches for 75 yards last week. To me, he would be the big, uh, the big X factor in this game. Uh, at the cornerback spot, the Dolphins have a lot of unknowns there. So a lot, a lot of things can be exploited. But one, one guy who could sneak, sneak up on you in the slot is Bobby McCain. Um, he's been – he's a fast – Young, former fifth-round pick of us, and all throughout the preseason he was making plays. He has that ability to get burnt on one play and and pick off a pass and take it to the house on the next play. So those are the two guys, Kenny Stills and Bobby McCain, would, would be the sleepers I'd be looking at from the other sideline. Oh, well, that's Rebecca. great because I just, uh, <laughs> I just dropped Stills from my fantasy team right before this. So <laughs> it might be a I good wish move. I had this insider info a few minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> Rebecca, I just want to chime in as well. There's there's, a, there's another guy that you may not have even heard of at this point. Um, a lot of folks probably haven't, but he's been coming on pretty big this year, and that's defensive tackle Jordan Phillips. Given the fact that that Ndamukong and Sue's seen a lot of double teams, there have been a number of plays this year where he's made some devastating impacts, whether they've been in, in wins or losses. Um, I know against Seattle in week one, there was one play where he blew the guard back into the backfield so quickly and then he actually took out Russell Wilson and made Russell Wilson fumble it using the guard himself. So he's actually managed to command a few double teams even with Ndamukong Sue in the game. So he's definitely a guy to look at on that defensive line. Yeah, that's, I, I did see that play with Russell Wilson. That was, that was pretty crazy. So, Rebecca, what is your final prediction for Thursday's game? I think this is an absolute must-win for the Bengals. I think the franchise is at least the fans are kind of going to go into a bit of a meltdown if this isn't a win. Um, I think after watching the Dolphins have to go into overtime to beat the Browns, Bengals fans just will not accept that this is anything other than a must win. Um, And I agree. I think that they will win and prove that the last two weeks were really just tough tough games um, and that they're still contenders. So I see this being a pretty solid win for the Bengals, at least uh, a one-touchdown margin of victory. Rebecca Toback joining us from Cincy Jungle. Follow them on Twitter and on their website as well. Rebecca, thank you very much for joining us here tonight. I would say good luck this Thursday, but I'm not going to insult your intelligence. Thank you. Thank you again for joining us. And that will wrap up our special segment here, taking a look at the view from the other sideline. This is Brian Cat, Captain Zero, and Paul Pickin. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the fifth side. Solo D, take us home. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fifth side. It ain't the left side, side or the right, right side, side, and it must be the fifth left. Listen, Dolphins fans across the land all tuning in To see what Brian, Cat, and Paul about to do again We rep our team, you can't change, stop, or ruin it All we need is to figure what to do to win Fans radio, live and direct 
win or lose, we showing up for every contest No puppet talk, it's all raw and unfiltered Voice of the fans when the season looks peculiar Rockin' Apple Orange over here, then you familiar Every week they coming through our speakers to fulfill the Crap we have to hear about our team and all the latest news Vets the rookies trying to make the team paying dues Current players and alumni interviews City to city, state to state, follow the moves Dolphins talk, set to go Best sports team and show all across the globe Fiend ain't the left side or the right side Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.